0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the You Thought Sports Podcast, where we're back this week. Alongside me is uh, my co-hosts, Lucas, Jared, Wyatt, and Bart. And we're going to head straight into college football week in review. We saw a busy week in college football, not necessarily on the playing field, uh, but (laughs) off it. We saw both the the Big Ten announcing its return in October uh, for an eight-game schedule, and rumors that the Pac-12 will start in late October. Uh, and that's officially going to be voted on this week. But anyway, uh, we're going to start with you, Jared. What do you think about the Big Ten playing significantly fewer games this season than, you know, the SEC, the ACC, the Big 12?
1: It's annoying because every other coach complains every year that Notre Dame doesn't play a 13th game, even though it usually proves nothing more where a win in the ACC Conference Championship against a six-loss Pitt team or a four-loss Virginia Tech team doesn't even prove that much. And the athletic director for Notre Dame called people out, like, we'll schedule Hawaii if you want us to play 13 <laughs> games. Like, come on. It's it's not, so the, the argument is, it's not about a conference championship. It's about having one more opportunity to lose. That's really what it's about. So if you're going to hold yeah. that standard against Notre Dame, you have to hold it against the Big Ten yeah. as well, I think. If it comes down to an 8-1 and one Big Ten champ and an 11-1 and one ACC non-conference winner, like, it should count for something that they won 11 games and, not, and the other team only won eight. So I don't think it's fair to complain about Notre Dame every year if you're just going to say, well, it doesn't matter that the Big Ten only played eight games. They're clearly better. It's, it's annoying.
2: Jared, but as you say often on this show, it's a coronavirus year. <laughs> <laughs> Those coronavirus <laughs> years. Yeah. So it's different. Like, the, like oh, and, and Notre Dame can help that they don't play that 13th game. Ohio State can't help that, like, a pandemic shut down their league. I think mm-hmm. you have to take it with a grain of salt. Like, you have to judge people on what they did. That's my argument always with UCF. UCF can't play an SEC schedule every year and can only be judged on what they're given, their American Conference schedule. But Ohio State this year or Penn State or Michigan or whoever wins the Big Ten this year can only play eight games. Notre Dame could in a normal year schedule that 13th game if they want to, but they choose not to. So well, I don't think it's the exact same argument.
1: No, I think that because the, just because the circumstances have changed, the goal is still the same of finding the top four deserving programs in the nation.
2: But Ohio State could be one of those top four deserving programs,
3: but because of a pandemic, they're playing less games.
1: Yeah, but yeah, everybody but, else, everybody else figured it out. Okay, you know, but, and the Big but Ten a, didn't.
3: A win in the Big Ten is going to be far more impressive than any win in the ACC. Or oh
1: baseball, my gosh! I knew you were going to come with that, Wyatt. <laughs> because if Ohio,
3: if Ohio State has to go through Michigan and Nebraska and Penn State to to win their to win out their season, or if Penn State has to beat Ohio State, Michigan and um, Wisconsin or something like that, it's going to mean a lot more than. Just for an example, Jared, don't rip my oh, head dude. off. Notre Dame beating Duke because it do, because it's not the same. The Big Ten, without a doubt, I'm gonna say that without a doubt, is the second best conference behind the SEC. So their wins are gonna mean a lot more. But, no, also, but Notre
1: Dame being Duke is not is is like Ohio State beating Illinois. Yeah, like that's not a fair comparison there. Nebraska was not good last year. Michigan's not gonna be good this year either. Like they really only have it's it's they really only have Wisconsin, Ohio State, and Penn State. I think. It's not. It's not that good this year,
0: Jared. Jared, I'm telling you, every Big Ten win is worth eleven eighths of every eighth win. <laughs> exactly. Okay? So it's, it's obvious. I've done the math. Yeah.
2: Jared, I just don't know why you want to punish Ohio State and Penn State and Michigan because their conference couldn't figure it out. Like, how is that on them? How is it fair to the players? No, but how is it, you know
1: it fair to the people that play that played a 12 game schedule when the other like eight games is significantly less than a 12 game schedule? Well, I guess nobody's it would be game games it Well it'd be twelve if you went to the if you were the conference okay, champion. Yes,
0: yes. Yeah. Yeah, Lucas, uh, you've like almost like totally convinced me on this, uh, that <laughs> you know, that it shouldn't matter that much. But there is definitely a line. Like say like, you know, the say yeah. the <laughs> you know, say the Pac twelve <laughs> yeah. comes back at, you know, in mid November and plays like four games. Like obviously like that's just not enough. So like what is the line for the the sample size that, you know, will provide us? you know, the evidence that the Ohio State is a top four team. It probably, What's eight, eight games is probably. What's the line, enough. Aiden? You know, give me a number I don't know. on what the line I think is. I, I, oh, I'm gonna I, say line I think
4: you just straight up undefeated. And that's,
0: yeah, I think eight is past it. I don't think that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I think two and oh, yeah. I think eight is a good number because eight uh, is well, the number yeah. of conference. <laughs>
2: like, <laughs> I meant
4: in addition to the eight.
2: <laughs> yeah,
4: that's fair. Yeah. Like as soon as Ohio State even loses one game, I think it becomes a very valid
3: argument both ways. Yeah, that's yeah. fair, Thank but that's fair. Yeah. But they're not going to lose. And it's gonna mean a lot. Well, it's gonna mean a lot more. No, I mean if, I, if they yeah, went yeah, out if, the entire season because the Big Ten's a good conference. You can't, if they you can't went out, you
4: that. They even win the conference championship, then you can probably extrapolate that like, yeah, they would have won three more games or four more. You could because they would have been cupcakes anyway. Play, Who else is Ohio State going to play outside so
3: of the exactly? So you're telling me you the Big Ten's
1: not good, right? <laughs> no, 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 because because
3: everybody schedules cupcake games. Alabama plays cupcake games. The SEC is the best conference out there, but Alabama still plays teams that they're gonna whoop every single year. But just because, I mean. Who, the cupcake games don't mean anything. Who cares if you're playing 12 games? You play four more games, or what is I'm sorry, 11 games, or whatever it might be. And you play, what, three more games of guys who had no shot anyway? Yeah,
2: I agree with Watt on this, too, because eight games is the is the normal length of a conference schedule for the Big Ten. Yeah. So it's not like they're playing less of the hard part of their schedule. They're just deleting, playing, like, Northwestern, Idaho, A&M. Like, it's, like, it's not anything yeah it's like the schedule they would be playing already like the meat of their schedule is there i think anything less you would take away from it but they're playing the meat of their schedule
1: okay i'm I, yeah. i'm not gonna yeah. die in the hill that the big 10 is not like a great conference not a good conference or anything but if if there if there's a an eight and one big 10 champ and an, uh, and an 11 and one sec non-conference winner that do you think that should count for something do you think that the champ should th- automatically get in? Like, I'd, I definitely I, I agree with that. I think the
0: committee would take the Big Ten champ. Over do you think? What do
1: you think, Aiden, though? Should they? Do you think that's fair? Uh,
0: I don't know. Well, it's, it's, not, kinda, that yes. it, it's not that yeah. black and white. It's not that black
3: and white. Because, I mean, like, let's say Penn State lost Ohio State in a really close nail-biter, and they ended up becoming the Big Ten champ. It's different than an SEC. I mean, it's not just as clear-cut as like, this or that. You got to look at the games as they get played out.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, so. yeah, we don't have them though, so I'm using a hypothetical. <laughs> I have to use a hypothetical. We don't have the games yet. Yeah, Jared,
2: let's just say UCF or Cincinnati <laughs> or Cincinnati. <laughs> or like one, okay. Cincinnati is like people's like dark horse to like run the table of like a group of five team this year. Okay, they go undefeated, and there's an eight and one Big Ten champ who gets in.
1: I, the Big Ten, I'm not Big talking ten. about Power Five versus non-Power Five. But,
2: but your all whole right, thing is the matter of games, the number of games matters. I don't Wait, against that's pa- that's, yeah. It's like
1: <laughs> Lucas, it's like the championship, it's like the rings uh, argument in the NBA. Because Steve Kerr has more rings than LeBron doesn't mean he's a better player. But if you're, comp- if you're comparing LeBron and Michael Jordan, then maybe it does. You, know, you, don't just use, you don't just use the game argument against wildly different conferences, in my opinion.
2: I don't know if the American is a wildly different <laughs> conference. I
1: mean, but. you're telling me UCF got an emphatic Power 5 win. Georgia Tech does not put the power on Power 5. That's <laughs> all I'm <gonna> saying. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. That's fair.
2: <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's a coronavirus year, <laughs> Jared. There's not a a coronavirus year. <laughs> oh,
3: my.
1: I think maybe, maybe UCF would have a shot if one of the uh, – because I'm thinking the Pac-12 is pretty much out at this point, yeah. to be honest. Yeah, I agree. I think that if – if there's like a three somehow a two or three loss like Big Ten or Big Twelve champ, then maybe UCF can put them put them there's in there no undefeated. I, th- I think I think there, that there's a path if that happens. But if every but that's champ, <laughs> if every champ has one or two losses, it's it's just tough to put a UCF in there.
4: I don't know. UCF didn't get in in years prior where they re- like really probably deserved it. I don't know about the season. I'd be surprised. Yeah. Like regardless there? of. <clears throat>
1: But there hasn't been two-loss yeah. <clears throat> champs, multiple two-loss champs or anything like that, you know? Yeah, that's true.
0: Yeah. So, Do you think, though, if the Pac-12, like the Pac-12, the problem is they always, like, beat each other up, and they're, like, yeah. there's no, like, clear. There's In past years, there's not been a, a clear champ most of the years. Like, if there is this year, if there's a team with one loss, and there's a two-loss Big Ten champ, or a two-loss, like, SEC champ, like, I mean, the thing I'm worried
1: about like. with Pac-12... Well, first off, there's a huge bias against the Pac-12. Like, let's <laughs> let's actually be real about this. People don't even watch yeah. the games, first off. Second, second off... <laughs> it depends on how many... If they're playing the same amount of Big Ten games, that makes sense, but like... California schools haven't even been able to practice. Yeah. Like they, the California schools might just be terrible this year. Yeah.
2: They could yeah. all turn out like Navy. Did you hear about this? Before Navy's first game, they hadn't practiced hitting at all. Oh so my they played goodness. BYU and they lost like forty eight nothing. Yeah,
1: so I don't know about the strength of the Pac twelve this year. Yeah. And just the fact that people in a regular year already kinda of discount it. I, I just don't know about them. I root for the Pac twelve, but I, I don't know about it. <clears throat>
4: Yeah, I don't think there's any like literally there's no chance that they're going to be relevant in the in the playoff run. <laughs> I mean, maybe unless like okay. Utah. What about
3: undefeated runs team though?
0: Yeah, or something like that. I mean, because yeah, like, if someone you know, runs the table, I think they're going to make it. I think
3: it. I think a team like Utah, Washington, or Oregon have the clout to, if they run the table to be able to like make a claim, be like, oh, we've you know we're a good program, and then they kind of they, I think that there is a little bit of bias from previous years. I don't think they look at everything in a nutshell. And I think that there is a little bit of a storyline kind of aspect where Utah was really good last year; they probably could have got in. Oregon has been good; they've gotten in before. Washington, kind of like all of the same thing, where if if they ran the table and demolished teams in an eight-game schedule, I think that they might have a chance. Either one of those teams. Yes. Yeah, I do agree. Like there's
1: like there's a clout factor in in terms of they like like big name programs for sure, and just because like ESPN, I mean, college football playoff is. Pretty much exclusive to ESPN. Like they want and, they they only talk about the big names, really. And
3: to answer your question a little bit earlier, Jared, about the SEC about like a two win or two loss, you know, SEC non conference champion or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. Like let's say it's LSU, right? And I think that they're going to look at like LSU and Georgia and those teams are probably the only two teams that can do it.
1: They'll probably look mm-hmm. at
3: LSU and say oh, the LSU, they're not as good as last year because they got—they were so hot as last year and they don't have Joe Burrow and they don't have Jamar Chase, who isn't playing. Regardless of how well they play during the year, I think that that's going to go against them. Um, and same with like Georgia. Like Georgia always kind of falls short yeah. in the playoffs. So I think that kind of stuff goes against them. And I think that other conferences, at least the other top teams like Penn State and the other conferences outside of Ohio State, have a little bit more clout going into this year. So I think that they might... Have a better chance.
1: Hmm. Yeah, we'll see. One thing I can't,
0: one thing I can't see happening though is a Big Ten or Pac-12 like non-conference champ making it in. I don't think there's any chance. No, there's that that would be a very unfair chance if Ohio State loses. I mean, if Ohio State wins, like yeah. So
1: yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, Wyatt. So among the AFC North QBs, there's there's a ton of talent. There's four first round picks. Three Heismans, two Super Bowl rings, and an MVP. Uh, We just saw Baker and Joe Burrow face off last week, where Burrow impressed and Baker somewhat bounced back from his woes in uh, week one. After watching that game, why is it fair to say Baker Mayfield is now the worst QB in the AFC North? No.
3: I I think it's premature, and he's definitely projected to kind of go down that way. But I'm not going to – it's premature – And I'm going to lean into it a little bit. I think he's at the bottom of the AFC North as far as quarterback goes. Um, I'm not going to say that he's like the worst quarterback, but because he did have a really good game against Cincinnati, and I think that that's really unfair to say because he had a really good rookie year. He had a terrible second year underneath Freddie Kitchen, which you can almost wash that entirely anyway. But so far out of the two games, he's had one really good game. Uh, He has to play incredible for him to get out of the bottom two. Um, luckily he doesn't have to be great every single night because the team at the end of the day is just going to run through Nick Chubb. So if they're going to, if they win games and he throws for 200 yards and Nick Chubb just goes off every single night, I think that they might be able to kind of spare him out of that bust, terrible conversation that he's kind of been sitting in for at least a year now. Um, obviously Lamar Jackson tops that list, and I'm going to put Joe Burrow as my number two quarterback in that division. <laughs> I wow. know. Hot take. Hot take. I really honestly, Joe Burrow <clears throat> really, really impressed me on Thursday night. Uh, he navigated the pocket incredibly well. He didn't crack under pressure at all. There, the moment wasn't too big in the both of the, the first two games that they've played against Cleveland and um, the Chargers. They've been close, and Joe Burrow has been a huge part of that. Uh, he's He's definitely been able to to navigate the NFL really well. I know that he was an older guy coming into this. He's not like a 21-year-old, you know, kid. But having three touchdowns and zero interceptions on 61 throws should mean something. And um, I think I have questions right now about where Big Ben is at uh, physically. I know that the, the Pittsburgh looks good, but I'm not going to say that Big Ben is the same quarterback that he used to be. And Joe Burrow is definitely um, a great quarterback behind Lamar Jackson.
0: So you're putting Big Ben fourth then? Is that true?
3: No, I, I I'm not gonna put him at the bottom. I think three and four is a toss up between <laughs> Make Baker a Decision, Mayfield yeah. <laughs> Baker Mayfield and um, Big Ben. And it kinda depends on who has you know, if if Big Ben could have a really terrible game here in the next two weeks and Baker Mayfield could have really good games in the next two weeks, and then it can flip him around. But they're they're fighting for last place. Let's just say that. Here's in my, my question
4: though. You you say it's premature to label Baker as the worst, but you don't think yeah. it's premature to label yeah, Burrow as second best after two games. I agree. It seems it seems like not just not big enough of a sample size, in my opinion. Yeah. I, you know, mean, I, I mean, yeah, like I mean, like Big have, Ben's numbers this season alone are better than Burrow's. I think, like objectively. That's so fair, just, but Big
3: Ben also has a better team, and I think that that's not exactly the. The best sample size. But I think, especially as a rookie quarterback, and there's a little upside as to this, I would say that Joe Burrow looks a lot better to me than than somebody like Big Ben does. Plus, I mean, Joe Burrow's also coming off the greatest college football season we've ever seen. So I think that that definitely plays an account. in um, a pro-style offense, and a really tough conference against really good teams.
2: Yeah, and Burrow, um, according to PFF, had the third most like positive offensive plays or whatever the official name for that stat is so far this season. Again, it's like two games in, but he's behind only Cam Newton and possible MVP Josh Allen. So like he's impressed <laughs> me so yeah. far as well. Yeah. And I I do think it might be a little bit premature to say he's second best, but I think I would not be opposed to saying he's better than Baker already. I just think, yeah. especially after last year, where, I mean, there's only so much he can control with Kitchens at the helm, but he just sort of languished around, and Joe Burrow has already looked sharp out of the gate, and I think he's proven himself to be at least having the potential for superstardom, whereas I can't even really see Baker ever reaching that level.
1: Yeah, I don't want to say that Baker can't ever reach that level, but I am also ready to put Burrow already ahead of Baker. I mean, I think you mentioned this, Wyatt, but thinking about the fact that they're telling they're telling Joe Burrow, lead the franchise on day one. You're already thrown sixty one times in your second game, right? No preseason. I think you mentioned that, Wyatt. It's very that's very impressive. It's it's like it's kinda LeBron esque in a way. It happens to the Ohio kids, I guess. That they, they have to just lead a franchise and from day one. And I don't know, Joe Burrow's doing a pretty good job. I think. So
3: That's the crazy he doesn't look like a rookie. At yeah, all. he's he's like, got he, the swagger. If if you showed some if you showed me tape of Joe Burrow and I didn't know anything else about him, this is like my first year watching the NFL and they said and they didn't tell me he was a rookie, I wouldn't think that at all.
1: Yeah. Agreed. Um there is there is somebody I do want to mention though on the show. This was this was a fun weekend for me, by the way, Wyatt, because all the top three <laughs> quarterbacks that I root for that everyone else on this podcast hates Justin Herbert, <laughs> Dak Prescott, and Gardner Minshew. Did pretty not solid. True. <laughs> I, they like, I know. They I did. know Wyatt hates all of them. I know Bart does not like Justin Herbert. I, I'm... I, don't, I don't
0: like Justin Herbert.
2: Either. Lucas We're doesn't like team?
1: him either. I'm fine with Herbert. I was
0: anyway, not high but, end gardener though.
1: But. So, so you think the way you get better, the way you get better at something is is by putting in reps, right? So best, the best athletes put in a bunch of reps. You want to lift heavier weights. You put in more reps. The best way to practice, Wyatt, you know this, isn't just doing a scrimmage. It's about getting your players reps. Gardner Minshew has the necessary reps to be such a great player in college at his last year at Washington State he regularly threw 50 times in a game like you think about how many times he's thrown and his completion percentage in college was 70 percent this year obviously he had the 95 percent in the first game I think he's hovering around 70 percent right now completion percentage I-, I just think I mean people people crap on Gardner Wyatt I'm, I'm talking to you kind of <laughs> on Gardner when they don't even watch him play. Like, they didn't watch him play in college because nobody watched the Pac-12, and they still don't watch him play in Jacksonville, and I'm so excited for people to finally get them to see him on primetime this Thursday. I, I, I'm booking it. He's going to throw three touchdowns, no picks, on Thursday.
2: Yeah, I, okay. I've been very impressed with him as wow. well. And they put up a fight against the Titans, too, who are a mm-hmm. very good team as well, who made, like, yeah. a deep playoff run last year. Um, I'm not willing to, like, coronate him as, like, a top yeah 10 qb but i think he's an above average yeah. nfl qb at this point
1: yeah i i think i don't i'm not gonna say he's a top 10 quarterback qb today but he is going to get there for sure i mean i picked he's, him as my dark horse. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so
2: <laughs> so he's gonna be number one by the end of the it's, season yeah <laughs> he, you know, he he's getting be,
1: right? he's getting better though like I, I watched the game he's making so, so many good throws his two, he had two interceptions but one of them was off of receiver's hands and the other one was like was kind of wonky and just got tipped at the line by a lineman and he caught it like, yeah. Wasn't Gardner, cloudy all sides on great. that play
0: anyway. I, I think. Oh, was yeah. he? Yeah, he was. Yeah. <laughs> on, the, the, on the interception at the end of the game. Yeah. yeah.
1: I mean, they scored 30 <laughs> yeah. points The yeah. you have to say, Wyatt, that the Jaguars offense is doing something even without Leonard Fournette, you know, they traded away. It seemed like they were tanking according to yeah. you and they traded away all their people. I mean, they I were. don't blame you for thinking that, but they scored 30 points. I, I, okay.
3: I, I'll be honest. I haven't watched a lick of Gardner Minshew this year. Um, I'll watch Thank him you. on Thursday Night Football. No, I'll be honest. I haven't, I haven't watched anything about him. Uh, I think that the Jaguars are such a terrible franchise that there's no way that Gardner Minshew, <laughs> as good as he is, could sustain this level of success. And I think that that regardless, they're on a crash course for the number one overall pick. Um, they're fighting with the Jets That's right now. That's not true. They're fighting <laughs> yeah. with yeah. I don't they already have a win. <laughs> they're one yeah, and one. They they're they're could literally lose the next 14 games. They could go one and – Fifteen, I mean it's a, it's the second week in the NFL and they're a terrible franchise, so I think that. I don't th- think that's fair. I don't think that's fair either, and fair they're what? also not Bro. in a they're not in a, good they're not in a good yeah, division
1: either. Yeah, they're not in a good division. Thank you. Luke. Yeah,
2: yeah the, I mean no. the Titans were good last year, but it's, they weren't like impressively good. The Colts like behind like. 38 year old Philip rivers have not looked good and houston is a train wreck of an organization yeah so like i like (laughs) i mean like nobody in that division is good except for maybe the titans like if they get hot that's not a maybe
1: you think you think it's just the titans you mean
0: yeah i think it's honestly all clients. of the like yeah. texas look awful yeah but I okay don't i don't know. think
4: the Colts. i mean what i feel like the Colts. i mean granted they just took out the vikes were awful now but i don't <laughs> think the colts look bad this year per se i don't think yeah. it's fair to yeah well
1: they looked bad because they played the jags come on exactly they looked bad week one yeah yeah Yeah, they didn't look good week yeah. one also, i'm just i'm just saying i'm excited for people to watch Minshew play on thursday because i i yeah. really think he's he's pretty special i really do
0: Unless he's you better, hope here. your boy shows up. Yeah, Jerry, he's he's, stays, he's yeah. gonna show up. <laughs> you got a lot, right? Against the Dolphins. Yeah. Everybody's yeah, 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 sure. yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah like, like the Dolphins just <laughs> gave up 31 points last week. Why he's going? He's gonna go off. It's mentioned. What a,
3: also, just what a weird Thursday night game that they put the Dolphins. I know. It like, is weird. Battle of Florida. Yeah. Maybe there were an election year. I think they were hoping the two
4: was gonna be out there.
3: Yeah, yeah.
4: But Fitzpatrick had a great game this week. So. Yeah. Maybe yeah. You know,
3: Jer- yeah, you know, yeah. Bert. Thanks for bringing up Fitzpatrick because that's exactly what Gardner Minshew feels like. Because Ryan Fitzpatrick Shoot. started off last year with like four oh games with four goodness. touch throwing touchdowns or something crazy like that.
0: But Gardner Minshew uh, isn't like forty five. Like, oh, <laughs> I, I, I know, I know, I know. He's not. Like, he's we're not, not, I'm not talking about them
3: age wise, like, but they remind <laughs> me of a player who, who shows flashes and they're incredible for a short, uh, short periods of time. But as far as like, because he had he had a really good amount of time last year. And they still stunk it up. So I mean, no,
1: but he, no, he won six games, like all on a really bad Jaguars team. And I mentioned mm-hmm. this on the NFL on the MVP thing. He had more touchdowns and less interceptions than Kyler Murray, the Rookie of the Year, in less games, seventy less attempts. I'm tired of the hate, Wyatt. I'm re- I really Gardner Minshew is. I, I can't wait till this Thursday night game, so, man. Gardner Minshew is good. How does he pay you to say this? <laughs>
4: exactly.
1: Not paying, I, I just I, I root the, I root for the guys I like, and then and I I mean I just know that. I, I think Minshew is going to be great.
2: So it's all just part of a conspiracy to get the Pac-12 more attention. <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> I'm driving the bandwagon. <laughs> <laughs> also, speaking of the Jaguars, not that I think they're probably going to be great this year, but you know, they out of division games. Aren't like they have some ones that they could win as well. Like yeah. the Dolphins aren't great, the Bengals aren't great, the Lions aren't great. The Bengals Char- are
5: going to beat them. Oh my
2: mm, gosh, we'll see. Chargers big aren't big great. For sure. Yeah, like I like I could see them. Maybe eking out 8-Nate eight eight this year. I'll say.
3: Damn. That's great. If they're 8 you eight and the Cowboys, it? that's awesome. I-
2: I'll book it. I'll book it. We'll Let's eight we'll eight see how far 8-Nate eight eight gets an opportunity
3: franchise. to roast the Cowboys. 8-Nate eight eight has yeah, never done anything for a franchise.
0: <laughs>
1: Wyatt, do you have something to... This is another thing. Okay, I'm bringing this up. <laughs> Wyatt, you, you owe Dak an apology. No, I do not. <laughs> oh, my Absolutely God. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. <laughs> oh, boy. Got, he was, he go ahead, give a go. He lit it up. He lit it up.
3: His numbers this is are. A, all this off.
1: is a big year for Dak. He's playing for a contract. Three offensive linemen are hurt. His starting tight end is hurt. The linebacker, starting linebacker is hurt. Like Dak, it. This is like kind. This year is definitely a referendum on, on Dak Prescott for sure. And I think I think he's gonna answer the bell. I do. He had a great complete. He didn't have. Uh, I don't think he had any passing touchdowns in the first half. But his completion percentage was terrific. He he. Yeah, I mean he's he didn't he his he he's very good at the volume. He doesn't always convert on the touchdowns, but I, I think I Okay think that's what Matt to.
3: Jared I'm going to let you know a secret. This is what I learned as far as, as football goes. You have to score more points than the other team does. So Which as far as did. volume goes, that's <laughs> great. <laughs> but he, but know, if he, he doesn't, doesn't convert on the touchdowns, it doesn't mean anything. I don't care if he has 450 yards because that's what he always does. He puts up 400 yards, and then they don't score. And he has plenty of games where he doesn't score. And he only threw one passing touchdown. I don't care about the, the easy goal line read oh. option, whatever it might be.
1: Even though he got you there, you don't care about that? <laughs> that he just no. that he ran it in and he got you there? He has
3: the most help out of any quarterback out there. He's he, he not the face of that <laughs> okay. offense. It is all through Ezekiel Are Elliott. Are you
4: saying that the Cowboys offense is the most talented offense in the league? No, I'm saying it is
3: is, that <laughs> is not what makes the motor go out there. It is no. Ezekiel Elliott.
2: Why? I'd like to throw out a stat for you: rushing touchdowns last game. Don't care. Ezekiel Elliott one. Dak Prescott three.
1: Thank I mean, you. <laughs> this game is literally
2: it's like Julio I mean, Jones should Dak pass play running and,
4: back. I don't know. If they're on the goal line, moved. and it's literally a question of what the, who the play gets called for. Does that really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. No. He's not like, let's let's act it. like he's helping. Dak Prescott off, is not the, the second yards. coming of Lamar
3: Jackson. He's running and spinning down the field and. And taking out people's ankles exactly if if it's on the goal line it's I mean it's I get it but but, they they could put the backup back in they could put anybody in to play that.
0: But you're going to say yeah, it's no, bad that he rushed... Like, you'd be giving him more credit if he threw a one-yard pass to someone? Yes, because like, he has to complete the times? pass. He's doing do his like, job is
3: as a quarterback. Um, only, but he also but has the, to make it into the one end one zone. Yeah, there's only <laughs> one person on <laughs> the field that can... That is
0: such that a... That is such a dated yeah, a view of what a quarterback he, he, does. He's all about the volume. and That's all
3: he can show for is the volume. But he's...
1: What you he's can't say just... he's all about the volume when he takes when he gets all his yards are getting to the end zone and then he rushes for a one yard touchdown. <laughs> yeah. You're getting mad at him for that. Come on. And
3: because <laughs> anybody fish... could do that. Anybody could run for a one
1: yard touchdown. No, they can't. Cam <laughs> Newton's gonna do it. Cam
3: Newton. <laughs> that, do it anybody. The Steelers, they could call. On. They could put me in and they could call play for me to get a no, one yard oh, touchdown. My, why, I'm Regardless, so it doesn't you mean can, it was the wrong move. In and play the, you know. You know
5: I like, yeah, I could honestly. He's efficient
2: too. Yes, I'll say it. 34 <laughs> for 47, that's 72% completion percentage. It's not just volume, too. It's not like this game, he's like getting like 60 pass attempts a game and only completing this, 30. Like he's efficient as well.
3: Yeah. This game is a Julio Jones dropped pass away from it already being over. This game is a Julio Jones onside recovery from this game being over. This game is a lucky one-handed Amari Cooper catch from this game being not, over. You, it yeah, was, let's, like, not so like, let's not act I'm, like... Let's not let's act chill. like... The, I mean, the Cowboys during the entire comeback did not flash. In fact, it looked like the Falcons, who are in business of losing games, uh, <laughs> just completely let that one go. Just real quick, out of there were 441 teams to go up 39 points and have zero touchdowns. And the Falcons are the only over. team to lose... In that group. They do they do the things that nobody else... Dan Quinn... I'm, I'm shifting over to the Falcon site. Dan Quinn shouldn't have a job by the end of October. They got to move on. I know they don't want to do it because they ha- they feel like they have talent with Matt Ryan and Todd Gurley and Julio Jones and Kevin Ridley who's have an incredible year. They don't want to blow um, a year away and say that we're not actually competing for a championship this year, but they're not going to win anything with Dan Quinn because the Falcons, as much as the Cowboys won this game, I say that in air quotes, the Falcons <laughs> lost it because they, they blew all that stuff away. There's no reason why they should go thirty up thirty nine points and lose with zero turnovers. Mm. The Cowboys played just as bad as any team could play and still win this game. They played worse than uh, any team could play yeah, and win this well, game. Well they won and the football at the end of the yeah, game Yeah, but, but no well wins <laughs> are the same. I'm not so. gonna sit here and point the Cowboys as these <laughs> this you know NFL powerhouse or NFC uh you know, they're gonna represent the NFC and the NFC champion or in the Super Bowl or anything like that. I mean there's no way there's no nothing from this game, honestly, that you could show me from the Cowboys that, that made me believe that they were any better than they were last week.
1: Alright, that's fine. Some people are just silent. I don't
0: know. <laughs> I just I'm not I'm not buying it. I mean, yeah. yeah. Like any any comeback is gonna be, you know partially one team collapsing and the other team taking advantage of that like yeah i don't i don't buy that you can't give Dallas any same. credit you can't, you can't for it do i think they should have the, like the this chiefs was a game that they the should have won regardless thing. but yeah i mean
1: but i mean I but like, like when you watch the chiefs true. come like, back but, you're
3: like wow this is an incredible team and they're showing flashes but when you watch the cowboys come back you're like this other team sucks like you just look at them and you you're just,
1: splitting hairs i think i don't know Am i it? think
0: the offense looked pretty good the like last couple drives like marching down getting the points like
3: they yeah. just look like I, I the same flat mediocre team that I've watched for the last forever. <laughs> yeah.
1: uh, Aiden, one thing I did want to ask you. Uh how many weeks does Adam Gase have left at with the Jets?
0: hopefully half a week or quarter of a week <laughs> uh, yeah, they didn't fire him on monday so yeah <laughs> uh, i mean he's definitely gonna be gone by the end of the season i mean the the thing like you mentioned dan quinn why the, the one reason why i think it's possible dan quinn lasts is that the falcons are actually a solid team but like there's no way that the the like jets pick it up like there like there isn't um and adam Gase, like there's just i have rarely seen such like Public like vehement like hate for a coach, and uh, it's definitely not undeserved. But like I saw like Mike Greenberg yesterday say that he wouldn't let Adam GaSe coach his like hypothetical grandchild's Pop Warner team. He's like, if I had a grandchild, yeah, I would not let him coach that. Wow. Uh, like, because yeah, he's never qualified. <laughs> exactly. yeah. Also, he deserves bigger does, things. But like, yeah, Mike
2: Greenberg have like kids. Like why
0: no, his yeah. I don't know why he. I'm assuming his kids are older, but he like literally made up a grandchild for this analogy. Um, <laughs> anyway, but I think like there's enough public pressure that like it's it's gonna happen um, in the next couple weeks, and it's not like the Jets are gonna save his job. And yeah, it's he's not gonna be. He hasn't done anything to to help his case of late. So, Aiden,
1: yeah, I'd, I'm say, gonna...
0: I'd say I'd th- say I'm gonna say by I don't know what what the Jets' bye week is this year, but I'm gonna say. By it's week either, ten, by week okay, or oh, week eleven, but, I believe. Okay, well, that's not super aggressive, but by. he's he's going to be gone by then, I think. Before after term. before
3: yeah. after Halloween,
0: yeah, um, before. Well, how many weeks away is Halloween? That's probably four around that, right? Or yeah, honestly, but,
4: I'd be willing to book like like yeah, oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. four weeks within yeah. the next four weeks, yeah
0: yeah. We're booking like, it, yeah it's it's clearly not working and the jets can't afford another season of what like, like they at least owe it to like sam darnold hasn't looked great well, but they kind of owe it to him to like give him a chance with a, another i'm coach pretty sure the way that the contracts like,
3: work is that they're either gonna have to pick up yeah. or decline sam darnold's fifth yeah. year option at the end of this or during this off season i'm pretty sure yeah um, i, I so think you're right um, they have to do so, they have to move on and figure out what they're going to do yeah they got to
0: figure out if they're going to go for trevor lawrence or you know i mean uh, because i mean i I keep
3: saying every team's in a crash course for number one pick the jets are abysmal
0: (laughs) (laughs) the cowboys are on no i think the jets honestly like like, yeah they they might have have a real shot at getting trevor lawrence this year and again we're we're only two games in but they have have they've looked atrocious in both games like if i was the jets and i had the number one
3: pick i don't care how good you might think Sam I'm taking Trevor Lawrence. I'm taking Trevor Lawrence. Absolutely. Moment, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's Sorry, for Sam. sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Same I on. agree.
5: Yeah. So. We'll but, see like, there. I
4: do think in the same way, I think Mayfield will have a little bit of a resurgence now that Stefanski is their coach. No. I would think that Sam Darnold would look, yeah. like, noticeably better if they could just get rid of Gase. Yeah. It's, like, that's, that simple, I feel like. That's fine. It's, it's hard to yeah. say also, right? Cause yeah. who really I think knows. a
3: lot yeah. of the teams, yeah. though... A lot of the times when you do this kind of stuff, you have to like restart from the top down. And normally it's like head coach or is yeah, he head coach, GM, and then quarterback is somewhere on the top yeah. of that list. So, yeah, unfortunately, so. although Sam Darnold isn't like a cancer in the locker room, it might just be time to move on anyway and let another team pick him up. And you got to live with that.
1: No, I th- yeah. I think you, I think you got to get rid of Gaze first, though. You always, you always Absolutely. give up on the coach yeah, first yeah. and then the quarterback. You'll see. But you got to see how many flashes no, I mean, Sam Darnold kind of goes throughout the end of this year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So.
3: Ugh. speaking of switching quarterbacks because Jared you brought his name up earlier about a guy I love to hate but Justin Herbert <laughs> impressed me on uh, what was it um, he pre- impressed me on Sunday against the Chiefs which by the way nobody <clears throat> greatest smokescreen of the year I know that um, Tyra Taylor like went out like Justin Herbert threw a flying elbow into his chest or something like that so he <laughs> can finally get a start But yeah. uh, Justin Herbert impressed everybody uh, with a, a couple touch, or a rushing touchdown, really good, solid game, especially for a rookie. Um, nobody knew who was coming in, so I think that that helped him. But the head coach Anthony Lynn said that if Taylor is healthy, he's gonna like yeah. take over. Taylor's gonna be able to take over back for the starting job. And Jared, he I'm gonna there's ask a, you. Quote:
4: There's a reason Herbert's the backup. End quote. Or something. Like that. It's like, <laughs> yeah. It's
3: like straight up, just went after. Just slandered him. Yeah. But uh, Jared, I'm gonna ask you. Okay. Do you think it's a mistake to put uh, Taylor back
1: in? Yeah, I think it's a mistake. I, I don't worry too much about taking, about what me and Wyatt, we talked about it over, over the weekend that if you start a rookie quarterback, you can't take him out because you need him to establish that confidence. I'm not that too worried about it in this circumstance because Herbert knew I, I, I got the call to go in five minutes before the game, you know. But it's, you can't say, I, I guess we only have two games, but you can't tell me that the offense is more dynamic with Tyrod Taylor. When they played the Browns and only scored what sixteen points, and you can't tell me you can't tell me that they're more that they're less dynamic if Justin Herbert is in the lineup. I mean, he has yeah. he's a, he's a tank too. By the way, he runs a four six forty. He knocked a chief linebacker out of the game on a on a hit that he took. I mean, I, I don't know why you would put Tyrod Taylor back in if you're trying to win games. It's not about letting the QB develop, letting the rookie develop. If Justin Herbert is going to give you a better chance to win a game you go with him. Granted they lost in that game though, so I don't know. I don't know if Anthony Lynn thinks they would have won with Taylor. Maybe. I think it's a mistake though.
0: I feel like though this is like a classic case where the coach kind of like has to say that or for some reason like they always do that. They always default to the the guy who is originally the starter, but I think mm-hmm. it just means that the the leash for Tyrod Taylor will be a lot shorter. Um gotcha. and I think I think if if Tyrod Taylor is out next week and like again and Herbert like has to step up and you know shows it i think there's a good chance he takes it then and if tyra taylor does come back next week i think as soon as we see like some like any sign of struggle um from him i, I think herbert will probably get the call like i think mm-hmm. this is like as much as they're saying that they're committed to, to tyra taylor as their their starter for the moment i think it very much is for the moment and this is going to make it a lot harder to ignore justin herbert on the bench
1: yeah yeah, I'm glad. Again, I'm glad Justin Herbert was on, you know, a good like with the CBS slot with Tony Romo, uh, commentating, You know, because I before the draft, I was so tired of people just trashing on Herbert when they they don't even they either don't watch him play or, I don't know, they just were going off of <laughs> non reality. Like people, this the they don't even watch the Ducks play. Like Justin Herbert is the real deal. He, he has all the okay. tangibles to do it. I think he's he's yeah. huge. He has a In great arm. The... I I just. He the scored on his first drive. The intangibles he on his are great. I think that he
3: left a lot to, to be desired in college because I think I, – I mean, not everybody who's a great college prospect is a great pro, and then vice versa. Not everyone who's a great pro is always a great college prospect because mm-hmm. not saying that he's Patrick Mahomes, but Patrick Mahomes was not a great college prospect. There's a reason why he wasn't the number one overall pick in the draft. Mm-hmm. So I think it's fair for people to criticize Justin Herbert, who kind of – again, he left a lot to be desired, especially from a leadership role. Um, at Oregon, don't I, I think. give me that. Come on, <laughs> just because no, he it, just
1: he's not rah rah, people say he's not a leader. Isn't that, I, I, I but
3: that. I know, but but that, I mean, that's, you don't have. There's not one clear cut fit of a leader. <laughs> but a lot of reports came out that he wasn't a great leader in Oregon, and that his personality was something was a, a concern for people.
1: I, I just that's there just, there, just are, there were so concerns with him coming out. He was he was, he was a little lackluster. So, okay. He
3: kind of he kind of fell short. I think he was never a quarterback when you when you think of a top quarterbacks prospect, prospect like Tua and Joe Burrow who led their team to the college football playoffs. Uh, Oregon never did that. Justin Herbert never did that. He never looked like he the led guy them to who a Rose Bowl win. I don't know. Okay, that's yeah, who good. cares? The Rose Bowl doesn't matter, Jared. The Rose Bowl. does the Rose Bowl's But the Oregon. The why? The oh. Oregon
1: Ducks aren't the Alabama Crimson Tide. He doesn't have the same no. But they were the best
3: team in the Pac-12 of Power Five conference. They should. That I mean, yeah, and they won
1: the conference. They won the conference and they won the Rose Bowl. Come on, what?
3: Anyway, doesn't mean as much. But I think that he did. He played well. Uh, he he honestly impressed me. I'm not gonna say the phrase "I was wrong," but um, <laughs> I think that there's no way no, they'll never say it. The Chargers. There's no way that the Chargers will have or can put Taylor back. Because like you said, Jared. Like, do you honestly believe that Tyrod Taylor is gonna win you games? Even upside wise, do you believe that that Taylor is better in the long term? I think that. We saw when he was in Cleveland and Baker Mayfield was sitting behind him. Is that you got to at some point move on and Taylor will kind of keep you afloat until he's ready, but Justin Herbert looks more than ready.
1: Yeah, and the the Chargers' defense—they were my surprise team. Uh, I mean, they their defense looked really great. They, they confused. Oh, yeah. They them are great defense, defense. for sure. Yeah.
3: All right. Last but not least, there's a lot of injury going on in the NFL. Uh, between my two leagues, my two fantasy leagues, I lost Saquon Barkley, Devonta Adams, uh, Christian McCaffrey last week. I lost George Kittle to some injury. Not a really good strong first two weeks. Um, what team is hurt the most by this big injury bug in the NFL? It's, it's
4: probably it's got to be the Niners, right? Yeah. Easily. I mean,
1: like probably their their five best players are probably hurt right now, right? Are yeah. their five key players like Jimmy Jimmy G? They're probably right? the five best.
3: Yeah, Moster. Sherman.
1: Yeah, Moster. Yeah,
4: yeah. Bosa yeah. and uh, the other linemen. Solomon Thomas. Solomon yeah. Solomon yeah.
0: Thomas. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's tough. It's pretty brutal. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, definitely. I think the Niners overall had it the worst, but given that how much. Like the Panthers and the Giants are, you know, solely their running backs team, <laughs> and those guys are out. Like that's that's also a pretty serious hit. Like I mean, the Giants as as Wyatt you would say, um, are on a crash course to <laughs> oh, yeah. the number one pick in yeah. the NFL draft without Saquon. <laughs> like that's they're gonna be you know top probably a top five pick. Um, Panthers probably the same top two maybe. Um, yeah, so um, <laughs> in terms of, like, the, the impact of, like, a single player being guy, those those players are so important to their teams. and Their teams aren't good, like, that good with them, but <laughs> without, <laughs> them. without them, without like, <laughs> brutal. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
4: I'd also like to reference uh, the Broncos. Mm. Not that they're, like, oh. spectacular anyway or that they have had a ton yeah. of injuries, but I was excited for them this year. I was excited for Drew Locke. Yeah, now yeah he's me too. Out. Corlin yeah. Sutton's out. Von Miller obviously was out like yeah. before the season even started. He's out mm-hmm. for the whole year. So, I'm probably forgetting somebody else. It's yeah. So that's yeah. Uh, that division loses mm-hmm. another potential competitor, which is annoying. But, yeah. 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 I think the season is using. Yeah, the bug is not going to go away anytime soon. The injury bug,
5: no. which is like, I agree. it's
4: definitely mm-hmm. it's a concern. They probably should have thought through the no preseason thing a little more. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. Even if it meant a shorter season.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, you're starting
3: to see a little more. My players might have been right to sit out. Yeah, there's a there was talks so of that maybe um, teams might start to sit out against the the Jets or star players might start to sit out against the Jets <laughs> or the Giants <laughs> when they have to play at MetLife because nobody wants to play on that turf anymore. <laughs> yeah, that turf
0: really? is awful. Oh is my it? God, what's yeah. the thing?
1: What's the thing with the turf?
0: I don't know. It's but bad. They definitely like. There's been an injury bug forever. I mean, like the Niners, yeah. just all went down.
3: A lot of people. Get I know. Down
0: and down. I know this has been a thing in the past. Okay. But like, I think the, other, yeah, other NFL players have spoken about it too. So. Yeah. I mean, <clears> how old is MetLife? Uh, no, no idea what it is really not. not that old. Or actually, the stadium itself, maybe. But since it the became that life Stadium, yeah, yeah, yeah. but.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Um. How about my fantasy team, or the team that was hurt the most, because <laughs> cause I am I'm having to pivot it. hard. I'm very mm-hmm. screwed. Yeah. Um. So, <laughs> yeah. call or the NBA playoffs is going on. The Heat and Celtics have been battling back and forth. The Celtics lost two games in the start of the series, leading to visible frustration. Um, of course, there's a the famous Marcus Smart bickering with the team. <laughs> Aiden, can the Celtics turn the series around?
0: Um, I think they will, uh, honestly. I picked them from the beginning, so I'm somewhat obligated to say this. But (laughs) Um, I think they finally put it together in Game 3, and they looked very motivated regardless if that was due to the, you know, post-Game 2 locker room fireworks or not. And, you know, Marcus Smart is, like, clearly not as talented as, like, Jimmy Butler, but they feel kind of similar in that they're, like, super demanding of their teammates. They expect a lot. And they expect guys to go as hard as they do like on both sides of the ball because like both those guys like are always going all out um, and like both the heat and celtics have reacted well to that kind of like demand and that the celtics reacted mm-hmm. well in game three to it uh that kind of like heart and soul presence and um the the celtics finally in game three had the killer instinct that they like totally did not have the first two games they kept going up by like double digit points you know i think in, in all three games they're up by double digits at some point um serious leads um, and, and finally game three, they took it wire to wire. And I think a big part of that was how dominant in the paint they were. They were finally attacking the heat zone. They outscored the, the heat 60 to 36 inside, which is pretty brutal. Um, so I think given that, I mean, the, the heat are great at making adjustments, but I think that like, if they can keep pounding it in and, and doing that and keeping, you know, um, the energy up, uh, they can, they can take the, take the series, but you know, yeah, I, I think in terms of the Heat, the key is to stop putting themselves in those holes because they have clearly shown that they can fight their way out, but, like, it's, it's not a sustainable strategy. I yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: I also think that the Celtics are, like, a much deeper team than the Heat are as well, especially with having Hayward back. Um, I know, like, Hayward is probably the fourth best player on that
3: team, but And Jared he's team... the first. He's, <laughs> I never said that. Completely, when he's
4: completely healthy, I don't know if he's Quite the fourth, but yeah, yeah. Like for I now I, he's, I for think now he's definitely
3: not. They
2: have a lot of good players in his so, current yeah. state. I feel like he's like he's the fourth option, but um, I think having him back helps against a team that is like as proficient at like the fundamentals of the game as Miami are. Um, and I think that, not that Boston isn't, but they also are. And I just can see them like wearing down the heat after this point. Like, it, they won't keep blowing these leads, especially as the series drags on. I feel like. mm
1: Hmm interesting oh, yeah yeah well i think going to your gordon hayward point you can't tell me that a guy that averaged 17 points a game during the regular season isn't going to have an impact that's that's substantial no, i mean and, and his numbers i don't know i didn't i didn't really everybody was like oh it's about his fit in the offense that <laughs> which i mean his numbers weren't really like <laughs> terrific 6 points 5 rebounds but i don't know i we'll we'll see i guess in the next game too but apparently he he runs the offense the when he runs the offense um The Celtics are a lot more comfortable. Gordon Hayward is a Brad Stevens guy as well. And I think Brad Stevens made a good point. He he said they're done trying to, like, integrate people into the offense. Like, these are good players that are just going to trust their instincts. He said they were trying to focus on, like, getting Kemba his 20 points in the last series, and that didn't really work. So he just said, we're just just trying to get the best shot every possession. And I think that was, like, a transition. I know they talked about how to integrate people into the offense during that late-night meeting. So... It seems like it, it might have worked. <laughs> yeah.
4: I'm always I'm all always for, like, more organic, pass-oriented team ball. It's so much fun yeah. to watch. Like, you think back to, like, the, the – was it the 12-13 spurs, spurs? The 13-14 Spurs? The the beautiful yeah. game Spurs, as they call yeah. them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's, like, with a team as talented as the Celtics, like you're saying, Lucas, like, with how deep they are, like, everybody can, like, basically be relied upon if they get the ball in an open yep. shot. So, it's yeah, it's exciting. Also, I wanted to true. just mention how the Heat – had only lost one game, right? Like yeah. their first two series, both went really fast. So that's another thing. If if this series goes to six or seven, um, because they're a little less deep, that also like they might not be used to getting that kind of wear and tear, because
0: yeah.
4: um, they've had a lot yeah. of rest.
0: <laughs> it's like, so much rest. It's, yeah,
4: it's, it's weird how know. the NBA structure the playoffs. But
3: I don't know yeah, if it's yeah. fair to say that the Heat aren't deep, with Kendrick Nunn, Tyler here, Derek, Jr., Derek Jones Jr., Iguodala, guys like that, Myers, Leonard, that sit on their bench. I don't know if it's fair to say. Especially if you have Tyler Hero, Leeser, second group, who I think could start for this team or a lot of teams. I don't know if saying that they're not as deep as the Celtics is fair. I mean, I
2: think Jalen Brown, um, Jason Tatum, Kemba are all better than anyone on the Heat except for Jimmy Butler. Like, yeah. I think, yeah, that's fair. I think, like, while but, the Heat are exciting and do have like some depth and some interesting players. Like, I'm not gonna take like Derek Jones Jr. over Jalen Brown.
3: No, of course that's not what I'm saying. But I mean, obviously they've those those players aren't new. They've had those team those players, and the the Heat just play better. They just play better team ball. They shoot well from the three. That's why they're always able to come back. They seem like a team of destiny, which I think that they have all the momentum going up into this. Uh, like Bart said, they only play they only lost one game before this coming in. So I mean, they're they're honest. They're rolling right now. They're as confident as ever. They're as rowdy as ever. Um, and they're really talented, so I don't think it's fair to say that they're not as deep when maybe you don't have uh, Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown somewhere else in that lineup outside of Bam Adebayo and Jimmy Butler. But Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero mm-hmm. are no scrubs, especially from the three, <laughs> which is where the NBA plays right now, is from the three. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I guess yeah, looking
4: at the last box score, they actually had a ten-man rotation. They ran a ten-man rotation. The Celtics only ran a nine-man. So, <laughs>
5: mm-hmm. but so part, <laughs> yeah. <no.
4: laughs> Today we'll talk yeah. about why playing fewer players makes you more like me. <laughs>
5: oh
0: God! Yeah, no. Regardless, I'm I'm expecting a seven-game series here, and I will be disappointed if I am not given that. Um, but <laughs> great. anyway, to to move on. Uh, to the Western Conference, the uh, Lakers-Nuggets series. We saw the Lakers win a, a pretty easy Game 1 and then one in, in a bit of a heartbreaker for the Nuggets at the buzzer on uh, in Game mm-hmm. 2. So, Lucas, what are, the, what are the chances of the Nuggets coming back one more time?
2: I'm going to put it pretty close to zero. I just think that the <laughs> Lakers are a much better team than they faced up until this point, not only in terms of talent, but in terms of cohesion. The teams of the Nuggets have come back against before have had some sort of fatal flaws in that like the Jazz really only have one go-to scoring option in Mitchell and if you could even moderately contain him i think it's pretty easy to come back and win games against them like we talked about in past weeks the clippers just didn't seem to be playing with any sense of urgency and when you can motivate yourself against a team with no sense of urgency you can come back even if there's talent there but the lakers are both motivated talented and have multiple, like, scoring options. So, like, if LeBron's off one night, you can go to AD. Um, plus, they've been getting really good minutes from, like, guys who I didn't expect to be getting minutes. Or really good minutes, like Rajon Rondo and Dwight Howard and, like, guys like that. So, I just think there's too much talent on the Lakers team. I don't think they have the sort of flaws that the teams that the Nuggets have come back against before have. But who knows? That being said... The Nuggets are currently up by like 15
0: over the Lakers, so <laughs> I love to see it.
1: Yeah, it's yeah. usually it's usually just too <laughs> difficult to bet against LeBron unless he's unless he's going against a juggernaut, you know. And the Nuggets aren't yeah. a juggernaut, you know. No. So
4: That's true. the series is. Over. Although he he did look quite quite average in the second half and specifically the fourth quarter of the last game. Um, I mean, he's he's doing fine today, but. Uh, like, if if, if if either just one of LeBron or AD has an off game, I think that's enough for Jokic and Murray to be able to take over and give the Nuggets a win. So, mm-hmm. like,
5: mm-hmm.
4: I yeah, I mean, they have multiple scoring options, but at the same time, the Nuggets are also, like, quite potent offensively, and they can make you pay for it. So, I'm not yeah. – I don't know. I, I would yeah. be a little bit worried if I were the Lakers, especially because, like, if it were 1-1 right now, even more so. Yeah. That would be, yeah, like, would... honestly, mm-hmm. almost a toss-up. Yeah. But, uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, I think I think you're right, Bart. Because like in the in the fourth quarter when you know LeBron wasn't really doing that much, like it took AD like kind of taking over the game. Like it was just like AD and Jokic going back and forth. Yep, like if AD yep, like wasn't like as dominant as he, as he was then, like the the Nuggets would win that game like pretty easily. So yeah, like I, I think it's definitely possible that the the Nuggets. Yeah, I'm not not counting them out. Yet. Yeah. All
5: right.
2: So. Wrapping it up with a little bit more NBA talk, we're going to look at the NBA awards uh, that were announced. So the NBA announced MVP and all-NBA voting results last week, and Giannis won his MV- his second straight MVP award, getting 85 of 101 first-place votes. LeBron was not too happy with this, um, <laughs> and about those uh, only 16 first-place votes, he said, quote, it pissed me off. So, Bart... Is LeBron justified in feeling pissed off?
4: No, not really, <laughs> not, not really at all, in my
2: opinion. Um, I like I, I appreciate that
4: he did it as far as it like light, lights a fire underneath him and the Lakers maybe, mm-hmm. um, but like no, I mean like like the Bucks won four more games this year than the Lakers did. Uh, okay, it's not really a team award, so l- let's look at the stats. Giannis put up 29.5, 13.6, 5.6, and a half, thirteen point six, five point six, and two stocks a game. LeBron had worst numbers ever, except for assists. Um, and Giannis won Defensive Player of the Year on top of being a beast on offense. Yeah. So that's like, even that in and of itself is probably enough to say that Giannis deserves it. But all right, maybe, maybe you know, there's more to it. Maybe you should look at the teams. But like, LeBron is Anthony Davis. It's the same thing that people always said about Steph and Kevin Durant. Like, how can you really be MVP if you have another top five player on your team? AD also was first-team All-NBA this year. Chris yeah. Middleton is Giannis's second option, and he didn't make any of the All-NBA teams. He mm-hmm. probably should have, admittedly, but still, he would have been, like, All-NBA third-team, maybe. Uh, so, yeah, obviously, Anthony Davis is much better than Middleton. Uh, AD was also a candidate for Defensive Player of the Year, actually. So, I just think, I mean, there's really no argument. Like, Giannis was better, and he carried them more, and his team is worse. So, like, LeBron, I appreciate you, but you're a runner-up. You, he, he's had a lot of runner-ups in his yeah, career, which I think is, like, kind of funny. But also, most of them are deserved. So, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That's that's how I
2: feel about that.
1: You did a good job on that, Bart. I'm I'm thoroughly convinced. Yes, I am as well. I, I had a couple
3: points where I'm like, maybe I can argue against, but... I, don't think so. See, I think I think that the problem with the NBA awards is not the winners, but the presentation. Because if the if this came out before the playoffs started, yeah. we would no, have I'd... never talked about this at all. Because right now the winner is sitting at home on the couch, and LeBron James is still in the playoffs. And if mm-hmm. it was the other way around, we wouldn't care at all. If Giannis was still in the playoffs, we wouldn't care at all. The NBA screws up their presentation every single year. I couldn't care less about the NBA awards, and at least <laughs> they've done it now. In August, but I guess maybe that's more of a coincidence of the Corona year instead of um, them actually just thinking ahead. But a lot of the times it's like two months after the season's over. I don't care at that point. Yeah. So, I mean, what what I think they have to do or they should do is Yana should be presented with a playoff trophy at the start of the playoffs or something like that. And then from there, we don't have any of these stupid storylines about this person should have got it or are they really MVP because it's a regular season award. And once we get that out of our system... At the end of the regular season, yeah. we're not talking about this stuff anymore. I know.
4: Yeah, I think like people generally agree that the, the awards show that, that they that they did last year was like kind of a mess. Uh, <laughs> something I read online was that like the easiest way to do it would just be have the players give speeches in their first home game. So that in the absolute worst case, you're just down 0-2. And it's still not awkward. Yeah. But like having Giannis try to give a speech or something now is like... It's just so. I know. It's so <laughs> yeah, exactly. Who cares? Yeah. Right. Anyone have any qualms with the uh, all NBA teams themselves, as I alluded to earlier? Yeah. I'm.
1: I'm yeah, betting you that Jimmy Butler is probably feeling super underrated, being on the third team right now. Yeah. I mean, he. I'm sure. I'm sure Jimmy Butler thinks he's the best player in the league, but he, he maybe <laughs> should have been. He maybe should have been second team. Yeah, maybe CB3. maybe switch with Chris Paul. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I Chris
2: said CP3. This yeah. one, I'm like CP3 is maybe a little overrated. I thought it was a pretty good list. Might trade CP3 for Jimmy Butler or Bradley Beal,
0: but I don't know. Yeah. I thought they did a decent job. Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah, it was not a good day for like volume scoring point guards on yeah. not great teams. Like yeah, like Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal averaged 30 points a game this year. I did not realize. I knew Beal. he was like scoring a lot, but I that's think he's absurd. The, f- the yep. first yeah.
2: player in history to yeah. average more than 30 points and more than 6 assists yeah. uh, in a season and not and
3: not make it. Yeah. But the yeah. But Bradley Beal doesn't um, win games. <laughs> yeah, hilarious. I know. Like, oh, he just know. never I mean, yeah. Every year this always comes out he's some sort of snub. Yeah. He doesn't win games. Ever know. The, the Washington know. Wizards are so bad, and every year he he posted like this thing where he gets snubbed or that meme of him standing yeah. in the in the, the tunnel. Like, come on now, I yeah. get it. He's a good player, and he probably would make this team if he was on a different team. But the problem is he yeah. plays for the Wizards, and they don't win games.
4: Yeah, yeah, no, I, no, I agree. Yeah. I know Aiden, a, you don't like per, no. but like he had a per of like 17, which is like pretty
5: that's like not very weave. good yeah, yeah. And then, I mean he didn't
4: shoot super well I think he shot like sure. 45% or something like that or yeah, like even less yeah. so like yeah the, volume scoring is just not like. A, someone's got to score on there's the there's not a single player on this list who didn't yeah. make the playoffs
3: literally everybody
0: yeah, who's on this it, it list very much playoffs. yeah very much slants towards yeah.
1: winning Well, especially, teams, especially in okay, a league yeah. when when yeah. more than half the teams make that's it that's true <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah it makes sense yeah. I like Bill, but not that much. I do think the
4: voting format needs to change, though, in that, like, the yes. the position specifications are kind of nonsensical. I
0: agree. Like,
4: 80 got voted as a center, and he said repeatedly that he doesn't consider himself yeah. a center. Like, yeah. Gobert got a vote for the first team because they need a center.
5: Would anybody <laughs> yeah. put
4: Gobert in the yeah. top five of the NBA? Andre Drummond got an all-NBA second-team vote, which is also funny. Like... Quite- no, <laughs> it's just they—they yeah. they should probably do what people right. have been saying for a while, which is just go like with the what the All Star game does, which is just like front court and back yeah. court basically, and yeah. then
0: yeah, like yeah, and then no, that's I, like, I, I another agree. reason
4: Chris Middleton didn't make it is because he got like his votes were separated into two different positions. Well, that's and that so- was the problem with Jimmy Butler in the All Star <laughs> game. So is that
3: he he probably could have made it as a two guard, but they put him as a forward in the voting, and it it just doesn't make any sense, like. Yeah, because they don't get they don't get the best players on these lists they just they just get players some of them it's
4: a super old school way of looking at it but the the game is evolving (laughs) it is
3: it
1: is
3: (laughs) all right
2: and with that uh, we'll wrap up our show thank you for listening remember to subscribe on YouTube on Apple Podcasts on Spotify on SoundCloud keep going any of those places listen to us watch us comment so we know what you like what we can keep making and keep giving you the best sports content around. Thanks for listening.